Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to March Madness. Every day this month and into next month, we'll have at least one Division I head coach, sometimes a retired guy, sometimes a guy in the bracket. Tim Kraft of Gardner-Webb dropped by. Kevin Keats, Mike Krzyzewski, Coach Keats in the NIT tonight. Coach K, Coach Williams still alive and kicking, of course, his number one seeds getting underway later this week. Sometimes we catch up with a guy who's been to the big dance many times, player, coach, and otherwise, but his season is over, which makes him more accessible to guys like us. Jeff Capel is, is in his first year as the Pitt head coach. But in a way, he is still alive and kicking in the NCAA tournament because he helped Coach K recruit all of those guys that will represent the number one overall seed moving forward. Coach Capel, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Doing great. I know you're wearing the Pitt logo and you're bleeding a different shade of blue nowadays, but how do you describe, you know, the pound of flesh that you left behind in Durham where, I mean, you know all these guys so well that some of you call you, some of them call you a father type figure. Where, where do your rooting interests lie right now? Well, obviously I'm, I'm uh, incredibly happy for everyone there at Duke. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a really fun team to watch especially when they're completely healthy and uh i think when they're whole when everyone is healthy i think they're the most talented and i think they're the best team in the country when they're whole uh they've had a you know period where they've had different guys injured at different times but they've been able to uh sustain that um and you know do a heck of a job in the acc tournament but i'm excited about the ncaa tournament i hate that my team is not participating, uh, but as a fan of basketball, you know, I'm really excited to watch. It's always, the, you know, especially the first weekend, is always incredibly magical. And uh, since I can remember, I've been watching it, and, 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 and I'm really looking forward to it again this year. There are millions and millions of Americans, as you know, who have this annual rite of passage of filling out an office pool. Uh, many people who never gamble, who really don't even pay attention to college basketball all that much. I know you're not allowed to be a part of any gambling, but I, I wonder as a coach, do you fill out a bracket mentally, uh, physically? Mm -hmm. Do you do it for bragging rights? Because I have a feeling that your bracket, while imperfect, would be a lot better than most. <laughs> well, sometimes I, I, you know, I'll do it with my wife and kids. Um, you know, we'll fill it out at home and just keep it there and see who gets uh, the most right and see who has bragging rights, you know, in the house. But I don't I do not do anything, you know, with, with other people or with friends or anything. I just I just enjoy watching the games, man. I, I enjoy I mean, I, I know as a player and also as a coach, I know how difficult it is to get there. And it's not something that's like a birthright. You have to earn it every year. And um, and it's something that's magical as a player to play in it and to have a chance to play in a Final Four and then as a coach to to take teams there, you know, when I was a head coach and, and you know, take a team to an Elite Eight and then back at Duke as an assistant to have a chance to go to the Final Four and win a national championship. And it's just something that, as a basketball player or a person that's that's you know as a player you you always dream of it being a part of the NCAA tournament and if you're fortunate enough to make a run and you know that's that's amazing and so that's what I I just enjoy watching it man just enjoy watching it
As you know, Coach, there are only two examples of teams essentially following star freshmen all the way to national championships. The one Kentucky team and, of course, the team that you helped build at Duke back in 2015. As you have shared with us in the past, you know, some differences, right? Quinn Cook was not only a senior, he was an All-American caliber senior guard on that Duke team, helping the youngsters Okafor and Winslow and Tyus Jones. Uh, Kentucky had some upperclassmen helping the, the Anthony Davis crew uh, of one-and-done guys as well. How do you handicap that different aspect of this Duke team? Because on the one hand, they're very experienced freshmen by this point. But on the other hand, this Duke roster does not offer nearly as much as, say, you know, Emil Jefferson and Quinn Cook were helping as uh, giving as upperclassmen four years ago. Yeah, you know, and also Matt Jones with that team. Yeah. Um, you know, that team was very unique because it was like the perfect mix of really, really good young guys, but also guys that were older that had been good players. You know, this year you have Marquise Bolden, who's been a good player. I know he's hurt right now but he's been a good player. He hasn't been consistently good, but he's shown what he can do. I thought Jack White earlier this year was very good, and then he went through a thing, and I think he got into his head about shooting. But all the other little things he's done at a very high level. The similarity, I think, with this Duke team um, and the 2015 team that I was a part of, and I'm just saying it from afar. I don't know because I'm not there. But it seems like that the freshmen on this team are very secure in who they are. And I thought that's the reason why it worked in 2015, because th- th- there was no question that it was Quinn's team. And the freshmen, you know, to a certain extent, deferred to him with a lot of stuff. Uh, but there was no question from Quinn who the best players were. <laughs> and he was one of them, but Okafor was the best player. Um, you know, Tyus was maybe as important. And then the last month and a half of the season, Justice Winslow was our best player. And so there was never any jealousy. There was never anything. Everyone had one common goal. And it seems like that's the case with this group of freshmen. You know, Zion, RJ, Trey, Cam, those guys seem very secure in who they are as players. And then the older guys, the guys that have been there a little bit, you know, they, they seem okay with those guys being really good. And, and uh, you know, that's the thing I think that's very similar. As you know, Coach, coaching in the ACC, Jeff Capel of Pitt joining us on the David Glenn Show, uh, you probably weren't surprised to see the ACC become just the second league ever to provide three of the four number one seeds all by itself with not only Duke but the Tar Heels and Virginia as well. As you know, there's a lot of questions about the Cavaliers. You just played them during the regular season. But you remember last year they were infamously the one seed that lost to the 16 seed, and that had never happened before. Is there any basketball reason through your eyes or brain as a coach that either the slow tempo or style of play or anything else you observe makes UVA you know, vulnerable in a way that maybe other styles of basketball are not? Or do you see them as, you know, just as good a uh, a shot at making the Final Four as any of these other high seeds? I do. I think they're they're one of the best teams in the country, and I think they have been all year, um, with the exception of Duke and I think only Florida State, which was an ACC tournament. Those are the only teams they lost to. This Virginia team is very different. I know it's it's natural to compare – to try to compare or talk about what happened last year. You know, last year they had a major injury going into the NCAA tournament, and they didn't have time, I don't think, again, from afar, I don't think they had time to adjust 
to that. And then they played a team that was just hot on fire and just had their number. This year's Virginia team is different from any Virginia team that I've coached against since I've been back in the ACC. Um, and so this is eight years now. This is my eighth yeah. year, seven as assistant at Duke, and my first year here. Because offensively, this team is different. They have three guys that can create offense uh, you know, by themselves and create offense for others. Um, their post guys are good, and they can mix it up. They can go Salt, who's not much of a scorer, who's a banger. If, if the game gets real physical, the Akite has improved as a scorer. You can throw it to him down there on the block. Obviously, Jay Huff has, has, has really improved, and he can step away and make threes and do things. Um, you know, and then they have the great role players in Braxton Key. But when you have Hunter, uh, Ty Jerome, and Kyle Guy, I mean, it's, it's a very different Virginia team. The same team defensively, but offensively, I just think they're so much better. And they were as good a team yeah. as we played all season long. Yeah, and the numbers back that up. They, they were outside the top 25 offensively a year ago, and they're, I think, number two offensively yeah. in the efficiency numbers this year. So that's and they're always great defensively. So that's not Absolutely. a slight difference from last year to this year. All right, the Tar yeah. Heels. Now Darren, make sure you quote Jeff Capel very accurately on anything he <laughs> says about the Tar Heels, all right? But no no uh no emojis, not nothing not, if he's sarcastic, <laughs> we'll have to underline that somehow. Uh no, he knows how to choose his words carefully. Uh, coach, I've been watching the Heels well and and the ACC for 32 years. It's really unusual to see a Carolina team whether it's under Dean Smith or Roy Williams or in between without a traditional low posts guy. Right. And, and, you know, Luke Mays kind of a stretch forward and Garrison Brooks is not your traditional center. And, you know, Cam Johnson is six, nine, but he's like a sharpshooter, former pit player. Um, the, the heels also earned a number one seed. What do you see in terms of what they do? Well, uh, but also, you know, everybody has some weak link in their chain. What what makes the Tar Heels vulnerable as all these high seeds are, are vulnerable in one way or another? Yeah, you know, I think, again, I, th I thought they were as good as anyone we played all year. We played them very early, January 5th. It was our first ACC game. Um, you know, but I think they're incredibly versatile offensively. Uh, the thing that always makes them dangerous is, is their rebounding and them in transition. You know, they're elite, elite in both of those. They can score it in different ways. You know, it's it's interesting. Coach Williams always, you know, th th there's a knock on him that he doesn't adjust, he doesn't change. I, I think the last two years he's really adjusted this year yeah. and last year because you're right. They, did, they, they have not had a traditional low post guy that you just throw it down to, whether it's a Hansbro or a Rasheed Wallace yeah. or, you know, like whoever it is that they've always had. Um, but I think he's adjusted. You know, I think their offense, to a certain extent, man, I think it's a little bit more difficult to guard because you don't kind of know. You're normally used to them running the secondary stuff so you know what spots they're going to be in. But if Luke May gets a rebound, he can push it. You know, if, if, if Cam Johnson gets a rebound, he can push it. Um, you know, Nas Little could do that as well. And then Kobe White, I, I think, is as good a guard as I've seen this year. Um, I've been really, really impressed with him. And then Cam Johnson with his size and his ability to shoot the ball. You know, they're older. You know, they, they, they do have a little bit of youth at a key position, at the point guard position. And when you go into the tournament the first time, sometimes with the freshman point guard, especially that first game, you know, you're, you're probably a little bit nervous. Uh, but I, I think they're really, really good, and I think they're prime 
to have a big run in this tournament. Can you share the Jeff Capel Final Four that's posted on the refrigerator at, at home? <laughs> I have Duke. I have North Carolina. I do have Virginia coming out of uh, South, uh, yep. coming out of their region. And I have uh, who's my fourth? I think I had. Uh, Let's see. That's the, that's the Gonzaga. I think I, I think I had Gonzaga. I had all the number one. Okay, seeds. you're going chalk. Uh, anybody? Yeah, I had all the number one seeds. Anybody that you either played or um, you know elsewhere in the ACC be, besides the number one seeds that I, I don't know. Coaches always talk about matchups. And mm-hmm. is there anybody whose road you saw? You know, to me, this is the best Virginia Tech basketball team I've ever seen. Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. Syracuse. You know, Jim Beheim has like a track record of barely squeaking into the tournament and then somehow going on to the Sweet 16 or the Final Four. What, yeah. what else jumps yeah. out at you? Well, well, that's the one. I mean, that the, those. So, so. I think Virginia Tech is really good, and I think they got better with Robinson out. And if, if you know, I know that he's back now. If he's completely healthy, because DG, I, I, I think Justin is as good a guard as there is in the country. Yeah. I mean, he's tough. He's a leader. You know, I mean, he can really, really play. And, uh, you know, they obviously, I thought they were very good without him, but with him back healthy, I, I think they're as good as anyone. And so now all of a sudden that makes that region a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah. the, the, the games that are intriguing to me, you know, as far as the ACC is concerned, the Syracuse-Baylor game, you know, because it's two teams to play zone, and they play zones that are very different. They're long and things like that. But if Syracuse is able to advance, I mean, that next matchup, Syracuse and Gonzaga, yeah. you know, that, that's the one, and that's the reason why I was a little bit hesitant yeah. in the West of picking Gonzaga. <laughs> And then I think the Florida State-Vermont game is going to be fascinating because Vermont's very, very good. Their coach is – I mean, they have a great coach. They have a kid, Anthony Lamb, who can really, really play, man. He can really score. He's old. He's confident. They have a really good guard, and they're they're a very dangerous team, and they've been there. And so I I think those matchups are are, are very, very interesting. One thing I do want to say, and I'm not just, you know, a, a homer for the ACC in saying this, um, I'm saying as a basketball fan, I, I, for, for the life of me, I can't understand how NC State didn't get in. Okay. And, you know, when I look at, you know, other conferences, specifically the big team, like they got a team in that was 8-12 and 12 in the league. Right. And if you go 9-9 nine and nine in this league, I mean, it obviously shows we had the best conference when you had, you know, three number one seeds. Um, you know, NC State made their schedule in advance. You know, I, I think they were probably punished by their non-conference schedule. I don't think that's fair. Uh, but I, I think, you know, there's no question in my mind that they should be in. I think Clemson should be in. And, you know, whatever, you know, however this thing happened, I, I just I think it's a travesty that other any other conference got more teams than us, especially getting in teams that were under 500 in their league. And we had a team that, you know, that was 9-9. Nine and nine. I, I, I really hate that. For our league, I hate it for for Kevin and his program and the kids there because they work their butt off, man, to to finish 500 in this league. It's got to be extra painful to know that you were that that close, right? You know, one more big win or one less disappointing loss, and and you probably would have gone from the wrong side of the bubble to the right side of the bubble. And and State apparently was even closer than Clemson, but they were both in the conversation. Yeah, but just, you know, I – I would hope that they, you know, that our league would have gotten a little bit more respect than that. And that's just, again, that's my opinion. Yeah. I have not talked to anyone, but 
again, you, you, you're playing like they played North Carolina twice. They played Duke. They played Virginia. They played Virginia Tech. You know, they played all these. I mean, our league, you know, it's a bear, man. It's it's hard. And to finish 500 in this league when you have the overall top three seeds in the whole tournament, yeah. Um, you know, it's you can't don't talk about strength of schedule, man. When you have to go through this league and play these teams, yeah, that's five losses for the Wolfpack right there, just just off of the one seed line. That impacts your record pretty dramatically. Hey, let me yeah, hit you no with a, a couple of quick pit things as we thank you for your time and wish you well. It was really cool. I saw you retweet a photo of former Duke star Jason Tatum, now of the Boston Celtics in the NBA, wearing pit gear. So clearly the brotherhood is is still together. How how many branches does this Jeff Capel pit tree have? Are you just sending <laughs> FedEx envelopes all over the place to your to your brothers in in Duke around the nation? Yeah, a couple of my guy, you know, a couple of the guys that you know I've had the opportunity to coach and got to know and obviously have great relationships with me have reached out and like, hey, Cape, can I get some pit gear? And so I actually sent Jason that, and I sent his son. I sent Deuce some gear and I sent him a letter his first recruiting letter um <laughs> you know and, and so I did that and I was shocked I didn't know that he was going to wear it I didn't know it was obviously going to be a picture of it someone actually Matt Pliska who you know who's yeah. with us he sent me the picture he showed me the picture and uh I had actually gotten off Twitter at that time once we get into the season I kind of get away from it but that's something I did want to retweet and and to thank Jay for that and as we let you go, how do you summarize what was the most important thing that you accomplished in year one at Pitt, even if the record wasn't what you wanted it to be? Uh, from afar, Coach, it looked like you instilled a defensive culture. Uh, you certainly found a really good freshman guard and maybe a couple of them, uh, but, but that's just from afar, from the inside. You know, What was that most important thing you accomplished? Well, I think the most important thing is that I think we brought hope back to the program. Yeah. I mean, this is a a very proud program. And at one point, and it wasn't that long ago, it was one of the better programs in the country. If you talk about wins, the consistency of making the tournament runs, you know, 10 years ago, they were the number, they were a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, but that had gone down. And I think that's the main thing is that we brought hope back. The energy was back in the building. We had a team that was undermanned as far as talent, but we played really, really hard. We competed, and we were in every game with the exception of North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and both times we played Clemson. That was a tough matchup for us. But every other game, man, the under eight timeout, you know, it was a two-possession game either way. Um, and, and and so, you know, I think that's the main thing. We brought hope back. We tried to establish how hard we, you know, we're going to play, how hard we're going to work. You know, we try to teach investment. You know, our guys have to be invested. It's hard to be really good. It doesn't just happen in how you invest with your time, with, 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 with you know, how you eat, how you take care of yourself, how you work, all those things. And as we continue to add the pieces here, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to get this thing going back and make it, again, one of the best programs in the country. For what it's worth, everybody noticed. I mean, people have written books on changing cultures, and there's probably a thousand things you could list beyond what you just did. But it's clear from the outside, Coach, that things are a-changing. Uh, thank you for the time, as always. You know, good luck against the wife and kids in the, in the uh, refrigerator bracket <laughs> pool. And uh, we'll be knocking on your door again soon. All right. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Jeff Capel of the Pitt Panthers on Twitter, at Jeff Capel. He just finished his first year with the Panthers. As predicted, they struggled. They just don't have enough players. They have a really good freshman guard named Xavier Johnson 
who made the all-freshman team. He was on my ballot. I think he made the official team. I'd have to double-check that. Pretty sure he did. And other good young players. But as he said, they were just outmanned talent-wise. They did finish last in the ACC, a league led by the three number one seeds, Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke, but also Florida State's going in as a four seed. Virginia Tech is getting Justin Robinson back and is in as a four seed in Duke's bracket, by the way. Louisville's in as a seven seed. Syracuse is in as an eight seed. Clemson and NC State are off to the NIT. And then the Pitt Panthers are down there with Georgia Tech, Miami, Boston College, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame, all of whom finished below 500 overall and 6-12 and 12 were worse in conference play, uh, in part because they were a little bit outmanned, in part because they are just in a brutally difficult league that was maybe not top to bottom the best in America. Some of the metrics have... Big 10 and Big 12, even higher in that ladder. But when you have three number one seeds to go with seven NCAA tournament participants, I think by that measuring stick, the ACC was the best conference in America, as is often the case.